Should one AFC running back snap count make him want you to sit him for week two of 2023? What AFC South receiver is in for a big time bounce back this weekend? And who's your favorite running back named Williams that you have to get in your starting lineups this weekend? Plus the week one FFPC main event, 15th place team owners, John Laskowski and Barney Newkirk are going to drop by to talk about how they built their team, their toughest lineup decision they're facing this week, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Uh, Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome aboard. Welcome in. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to dish on the rise of Puka Dakua and the fall of Drake London. Uh, plus John Laskowski and Barney Newkirk, the two guys that are sitting in 15th place heading into week two of the FFPC main event in their chase for that $1 million grand prize, are going to hang out with us. Uh, they're going to talk about how they drafted a running back heavy squad. DeAndre Swift's huge night. Was that going to continue? And much more. If you want to connect with us on X, you can do so at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. And, of course, check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship over at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page right now, facebook.com slash HSFFR. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now, please. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce. And, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, for putting together tonight's broadcast. The season may have started, but that does not mean that you have to stop building new teams in order to compete for some serious cash week in and week out. Enter the FFPC Weekly Challenge. Here's what you do. You just go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com. And to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge there, just click on Weekly Challenge. be right up at the top of your screen. There's no draft in this. There's no salary cap. It's basically the same way we do our world-famous playoff challenge. You choose 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Get them in by Sunday's kickoff and then just watch them ride through the weekend's games. You can only have one player per NFL team, so no stacking in this contest. You can play for $200 uh, as an entry fee. You can also pay for a $35 entry fee. You can win up to $2,500. Again, myffpc.com is where to go for that. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the uh, to the channel, FFPC, uh, youtube.com slash FFPC Fantasy. Comment on the video, share, uh, get notified anytime we go live, uh, which is going to be quite often still uh, during the season. We're basically going to be, uh, excuse me, going to be going live 
uh, at least three times a week um, with the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour at a minimum. You never know. Uh, Turf and Aiden might be popping on here to do some weekly previews here and there. I don't think they'll go as heavy as they did last year, but they will pop on from time to time. You never know when you're going to see them on here as well. So great to be back from Las Vegas. Well, not so great because I had a blast out there, as I always do. But it's, uh, it, it feels good to be home. And shout out to all the new friends I made out there this year. Shout out to all the old friends I saw. Uh, very cool um, to, to hang out with you. I only wish I could have done it more. I felt like I was moving just from one conversation to the next, trying to talk to everybody I can. Because a lot of you guys and women, I only see once a year. Uh, so this is like the one time I, I get a chance to hang out. And uh, thank you for making it so enjoyable. A guy I wish I would have gotten a chance to hang out with more in Las Vegas, more than just passing and having a couple of quick conversations, is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. We'll bring him in right now. You know him as Jay Farrell Elliott on the X. Welcome aboard, Farrell Elliott from the KFFSC. Hey, buddy. I thought we were together uh, when not in physicality, certainly in spirit. I, Bonky, the, the event was a huge success, and, you know, your presence and contribution to it is what is, is what made that happen. I You worked as if you were uh, a machine and more than a man, and I was just <laughs> – I appreciate it. And I think everyone there appreciated your efforts and um, benefited from it. So thank you for your contribution, sir. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. I'm just I'm, I'm glad uh, everything went over well. Um, it was our biggest live event ever for the FFPC. Mm. And uh, it might have been among our smoothest. I, I don't know. If, you know, I can't think of, um, you know, there's not too many times I remember where it, it totally stunk. But I, I know this one went over pretty well. I think like no, it's, it's never stunk. totally stunk. Bob. No, yes, just never. partially stunk, basically. That, that's basically what we're totally looking stunk. at. <laughs> All right, Farrell, let's get into it tonight. Everybody wants to know what they're doing for week two. Let's try to help them out tonight the best we can. Jacoby Myers is out for Ooh. Sunday. He is in the concussion protocol. This according to ESPN. Uh, this against the Bills. So obviously, Devontae Adams, uh, congratulations to him. He's no longer in the injury report. Fire up uh, and ride him. The question here is, Farrell, and, and if you have Jacoby Myers, maybe you went out to the waiver wire this past weekend uh, or this past week on Wednesday night, and you went out and got yourself um, uh, a Hunter Renfro or maybe a Michael Mayer who was hanging out there for um, you know reasons unknown. Maybe you already drafted Michael Mayer to go with Jacoby Myers. Um, I, I I would think that um, uh, Renfro would probably be the number two wideout. Would you be looking at starting either of these guys in a non-bye week, in, in a week where you know, hopefully you don't have a lot of injury concerns? Not at this point, because we're still yet to see what kind of uh, commitment they have to um, Hunter Renfro as, as a role player. I, I don't picture him being a big contributor to this team with what they're asking him to do. If we focus on what we really talked about, and we could not move him, Balky, from double-digit draft position. We talked about him early. We couldn't get the guests to talk about him. We couldn't get anyone to agree with us that Jacoby Myers was going to be a very interesting proposition um, in in fantasy football this year. And he, he remained flat uh, or, uh, throughout all the drafting process. So when Myers uh, clears protocol and returns – more of that should be expected. And it, it, he and Garoppolo have a, a real good chemistry going already. Uh, first question of the night in the chat room comes from the resident uh, Ivy League professor, Hudson Kern-Reeve. He wants to know right now, Farrell, which Kansas City receiver is going to be dependent upon the most by the end of the season? Is it Kadarius Tony? Is it Sky Moore? Is it Rasheed Rice? Is it someone else? 
Um, John Terry already chiming in uh, to answer that question. He says D, none of the above, or I guess E in this case, none of the above. I'm kind of with John Terry on this. You know, we, we've been trying to find that, that, that um, desirable Kansas City wide receiver to have on our squads, and I'm not sure he's, he's there. Again, we, we didn't find him last year. I don't think we're finding him again this year. Um, it stinks because you have Travis Kelsey taking so much underneath stuff and you have an all world first ballot hall of famer, Patrick Mahomes throwing the, the football to him. And it's just weird. You'd think you could throw somebody to, to make them really great, but I think he's just going to have a, a bunch of all right and above average guys in Kansas city. I don't really like any of those guys, quite frankly, as being dependable by the end of the season. In the Socratic teaching method of our Ivy League professor, he's offered up a question that has no answer, but is <laughs> endlessly open to debate. And I'm not handling any questions from Hudson Kern Reeve until we get into double digit weeks. I'm, I'm not I'm not touching them in week two. I, I, the course has not been going long enough for me to even, you know, I'm sitting in the back row and looking down. But he wants an answer to his question. Kadarius Tony. Tony, true to the fact he will prove because they want him to be successful. I, I've determined that that coaching staff in that front office believes in him. That's why they acquired him. They wish they had drafted him. Consequently, they're going to make him successful. And you tell that quarterback, hey, you know we got a speedy receiver. Go make him look like something. We're going to run a lot of the plays in his direction, and he's going to be successful. So that's who it is. So. Um... The other thing that these guys are talking about in here right now is um, the justice. These guys should get their own show. They should. Yeah, they they should get their own show because, you know, we've got a script. We do have a script. What else have they got on their mind? Well, they're talking about the Justice Hill acquisitions in the FFPC this week. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the mojo right now. Shout out to fantasymojo.com. He's got more than ADP data, does Darren Armani. Follow him on X at fantasymojo. Subscribe to fantasymojo.com. I'm looking at the uh the the bid information that he has posted on there justice hill went anywhere from one dollar all the way up to nine hundred ninety nine dollars the, <laughs> major- the majority um were between it looks like between a hundred and three hundred so no surprise there eight people went nine hundred or more the medium wow. bid was two hundred and fifty four dollars Hudson thinks it was an overspend on Hill. Quite frankly, Farrell, I was desperate in a couple leagues, and I did pick up Justice Hill in probably more than a couple leagues um, for for running back. And there's reasons to like him. I think there's other reasons to not like him. But you got to take a shot. And maybe it is an overspend. um, But I took a shot this week on Justice Hill. Fingers crossed not starting him this week, but we'll see what happens. There's going to be some pockets for, for Hill throughout the season, and hopefully I can capitalize there. Your thoughts on the median bid for Justice Hill this week in the FFPC being $254? I might have thought it would be uh, be higher than that. But did, uh, if you watch the game, you watch Justice Hill uh, take control of the ball all over the field, and especially in the red zone, and he cut back quickly, and he looked fast and reactive, and he also showed patience behind that offensive line. I had gained a lot of respect for Justice Hill. You don't get to see these guys in the preseason like we used to. So week one is 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 his essentially his breakout week. So if you're going to spend money on a running back, you might as well spend one money on a guy that has the elements mm-hmm. of what we were seeing from Justin Hill in week one, and I think we'll see more of it. I, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, you got those two touchdowns, and you would think that that's going to be the Gus Edwards territory. So I don't know. Um, I'm taking a chance here in week one, and hopefully you're right, Farrell, 
and there are more good things for Justice Hill going forward. Speaking of running backs in the AFC, Brees Hall is going to remain. Now, this is this is this kind of gets my goat a little bit. And if somebody can explain this to me, um, please do, because it irritates me to no end when I hear football coaches, pundits, media members referring to players being on a pitch count. Mm. This is not baseball. No. Okay. They're on a snap count, not pitch count. I don't understand it. And and I see a lot of intelligent people using pitch count. But Bucky, you know, you are a broadcast professional and not everyone is. You got to understand that. Some of these people are just showing up, you know, they go through hair and makeup. You just go through hair. And the um and and quite honestly, you know, you're superior in all aspects of football uh broadcasting evolution. So I I don't really Okay. And, you know, when it gets to evolution, I mean, Hudson Kern Reeve can, you know, drop some commentary. He, he, he'd that. be the expert yeah. on that for sure. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad we're of one mind on this. But yeah. Robert Sala said that Brees Hall is going to be on a pitch count. No, Robert. In, in week two against the Cowboys. Uh, apparently, Brees Hall tried to talk his way out of being limited on snaps after he had 127 yards and just 10 carries on Monday night against the Bills. But Robert Salas said that he is going to remain on that pitch count. Uh, Dalvin Cook led the Jets, 13 carries, 33 yards against the Bills. Uh, he also had uh, three targets in the passing game to Hall's one. I, I would think, like, you know, if you went zero RB, obviously you're playing Brees Hall. But, Farrell, if you went with, like, a heavy running back team where you have two good options in front of Brees Hall, would you still be rolling him out there? I know he did great week one. But knowing that he's going to be limited, does that still make him a, a decent guy to be flexing out this week? What does limited mean? If limiting, if limited means twelve to fourteen rushes, um, yes. If it mm -hmm. means single digit rushes, no. So you got to figure out what that means, and a lot of that is is how you view this game going. And quite honestly, I haven't broken down this game to understand what I think about it, but. Uh, you want electric players on the field. And, uh, you know, Coach Salah, despite what he says in front of the media on Tuesday or Wednesday, he'll be in a situation that Brees Hall continues to rip off these runs. He's human. He's not going to bring him off the field. Right. Yeah. So it, it, and, and I believe he, you know, if you, you don't have a lot of running backs on your team that uh, can contribute with the physical skills that Hall can. So my answer is I will probably put Hall on the field. I think more often than not, I'm starting him in my leagues, too. I'd really have to have a loaded team not to play him this week because of that upside potential, and that's what we're craving uh, in, in fantasy football for sure. Let's move on and uh, talk about those Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones says that Brandon Cooks is going to be a game-time decision for week two against the New York Jets. Todd Archer had this report um, uh, as he covers the Cowboys for a living. Um, he Jones said that Cooks actually does not need to practice this week in order to play against the Jets. I think that the, the fact that he has an MCL injury right now, Farrell, to me, he ain't playing, okay? Like, that, that I'm building my lineups based on Cooks not playing. Um, the question here is, and we'll get into Jake Ferguson later, but if you want to bring Jake Ferguson into this, you certainly can, tight end premium with the FFPC, obviously. But what about Michael Gallup? What about Jalen Tolbert uh, in this matchup against the Jets? I know it's not an easy one. Can we search for any fantasy goodness from Gallup, Ferguson, or Tolbert with Cooks expected to be out? No, be thankful that this is not a bye week and move on to another wide receiver. You drafted Cooks where? Seventh, eighth round in Somewhere Las Vegas. Uh, you've got similarly gifted players in better situations. Um, so, you know, you wait for Cooks to get healthy 
and it will be um, it, it will perhaps he'll get healthy quick. Let's just say that. And that that's hopefully uh, let's hope that's what happens, actually. Uh, Laskowski and Newkirk uh, are sitting in the green room right now, gorging themselves on all the great hors d'oeuvres we have put out. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to be on in just one minute. I will want to get to this final thing. I think this is an important thing. First of all, Mia Culpa on Calvin Ridley, I said he was probably going to be my bust of the year. He did not look anything close, remotely close, much closer to a stud of the year than bust. So congratulations to all those teams drafting him at the end of the second round. Uh, early third round, it looks like you have uh, yourselves a stud this year. I don't have him on any teams. Actually, I take that back. He's on one team of mine. Um, Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson actually said Christian Kirk is going to get his chances in week two against Kansas City. Now, Kirk basically did nothing uh, compared to ETN, compared to Ridley, compared to Evan Engram uh, this past week. He ran a route 60% of the Jaguars dropbacks, and he only caught one of three targets for nine yards. Uh, Peterson's defense of Kirk said, well, the, the Colts were, were using a lot of zone coverage and, and mm-hmm. Kansas city will play more man coverage. That's going to have more of an opportunity. That's going to present more of an opportunity for, for Christian Kirk. I, okay. So, so yeah, that's good for week two. And, and maybe you can trot him out there as a flex, but certainly you have to understand the risks of doing that. And secondly, the fact that this is all like that this guy is is dependent upon the game plan of the opposing defense, according to Peterson. Again, maybe that's just coach speak. That doesn't make me feel great about starting Kirk the rest of the season. So right now, I'm 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 looking for you know elsewhere in order to to, to fulfill my third wide receiver, fourth wide receiver in my lineups right now because Christian Kirk is he's a tough sell for me to trust right now, Farrell. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as as tough as you. Week one can be a lying week. You know, Goddard threw up that goose egg, and then you saw what they tried to do with getting him the ball on Thursday night. But um, now I will say defensive coordinators, if you can move to a cover two or any type of zone uh, defense and take – Christian Kirk out of the game, then that might be what you want to do. If that's what the Jacksonville coach is telling us. I I think Kirk is an outstanding wide receiver. I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder and a lot of respect for him in that wide receiver room. But you know what they, what they did on Sunday in Jacksonville work, they uh, Lawrence uh, completed more than 70% of his passes. um, And you know, his team effort. So, Wherever Kirk was in this, uh, it was not his day. He'll have days uh, coming up. I wouldn't rush him to the bench again if you drafted a complete team. And I did have some very savvy um, fantasy players tell me both in Kentucky and in Las Vegas that Kirk would not thrive in in the slot. I think it's too early to be determined. Not off to a good start. Let's see what happens this week. Uh, yeah, and our buddy Jimmy Williams actually chiming in. He thinks that they're going to be in three wide receiver sets a lot more this week. So mm-hmm. that would bode well for Christian Kirk, obviously. Jimmy Williams happens. watches the games. And then you know what he does after that, Balky? Uh, he, he watches them again. He rewatches. Yeah. He, yep. he, and that's why he knows. No surprise there. Uh, <laughs> a couple of guys that are uh, doing are also having a successful year, in addition to Jimmy Williams, are tonight's guests, longtime high-stakes fantasy football partners. They've accrued more than a dozen high-stakes league titles over the years, probably more than that, quite frankly. Heading into week two, only 14 teams are in front of them in the chase for the $1 million grand prize in the 2023 FFPC main event. I want you to give a warm welcome to two guys who are coming back onto the show 
Mr. John Laskowski and Mr. Barney Newkirk. Guys, congrats on a big week one, and welcome back to the show. Look at him. We're Steelers Central here in Idaho. <laughs> hey, well, before we get started, uh, John might be on a pitch count tonight. He's a little yes. old. It's past <laughs> So, you know, if he has to leave, I got it. Okay, I got you. All right. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm surprised that John isn't warming up in the bullpen with all the pitches he's about to throw tonight, but I'm glad to see he's in front of the it. screen. Yeah. This is fantastic. Uh, guys, so congratulations, obviously, on, on the quick start to the season. Uh, and Ski, I want to throw this to you. You're up to 15th in the main event. How did Barney and you guys feel about this team that you drafted? I think a week ago today online, you drafted from the 11th spot. When you looked at the team afterwards, how did you feel about it? No, we actually felt very good. I mean, we are running back guys, but our mentality this season, especially in this pick, was take the two top wide receivers. Mm. But and that didn't work. Our, it didn't work out that way. No, it didn't because our probably our we won't every draft we thought Amon St. Brown was going to fall a little further, and he did. You can get him, and you can get uh, C.D. Lamb. That was kind of the goal. But when we got to the wrap, we took A.J. Brown. We said, let's just plow on the Nick Chubb. Best running back in the NFL. On great offensive line, going to score some points. He doesn't have cream up behind him. So we just kind of, you know, a lot of this goes how the draft, how the draft lays up. Your, your first round, your second round, then it comes back to you in the third and your fourth. Guys, maybe you were kind of picking aren't there. We probably would have, we're really high on Jamar Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Jameer, all, Jameer, Jameer, Jameer Gibbs all season long, our preseason, we were high on him. We just had this debate a little bit ago. If Ramada Stevenson would have followed us, would we have taken him instead? But we just we started running on the running backs. One weekend, Balky, and the fellows are already going down memory lane. They're debating what they would have done and could have done. <laughs> this is a great. This is a great. Football does that. Now, Barney, did, you, did, did I'll ask you? This is a team that you drafted on Friday, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, by the way. That that black ball cap is a thwarting your natural handsomeness. It's throwing a, <laughs> and, I, it is. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's throwing a, a, a challenge of you know you did it, it, it. You you look somewhat sinister there in the dark, and I, I that's you know because and you should because after the Thursday night game that that's why you got Gibbs where you got him right. He wouldn't have been available. He wouldn't have been available if you drafted before the game. So I think you really benefited there. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Chubb, Gibbs, and Etienne, you guys had to feel very, very good about this team. Yeah, man. Like I said, we're we're normally running back guys, but again, we weren't high on guys like Garrett Wilson going so high with the old quarterback, and it, and it worked out for us. I mean, not saying that Garrett Wilson isn't a good talent, but are you gonna are you gonna let a horse like Nick Chubb fall? No. Uh, and our C.D. Lamb. We wanted Lamb. We got him, and then and then Brown went, and we're like, you know. It probably would have been Waddle, uh, Waddle or Alave there, and it's just a little too rich for our blood. We said, "Hey, let's just go back to our roots, get our horse, come back and see what falls to us." And we like, "Hey, th- that was the best thing that could have happened that Thursday night football game because Jameer yes. Gibbs was going." W- and, and what spot were you in? Which one? Where Jameer did you draft? No, what's what draft spot? Eleven. Having him fall yeah. all the way back to eleven was an absolute gift, and I mean, yeah, again, that, that's incredible. I mean, that's it's incredible. incredible. You're right because it's one game, 
and and getting and starting off this hot with what we did. I mean, this guy's is almost a start almost every every week. He's only going to get better. You know, I agree. You look later in our draft. We tried to get Brendan Ayuk everywhere. We were sold that he was the best wide receiver in San Francisco. And of course, he had a great week. Mike Evans, what was that, the seventh round? Mike Evans. Give him a Every year. Mike Evans. Ran. Then we got uh, DeAndre Swift after that. So mm-hmm. We weren't smart enough to start him last night. Uh, <laughs> Not a lot of people. And, and don't, be so, don't be so hard on us about that. But we thought for sure he's going to do the, you know, they're going to bring in Rashad Penny and he's going to be. How many Rashad carries did he have last night? He had a lot. And he looked good. And that's fine. Like I said, you, we, we can suffer through it this week. Uh, you know, when you've got Nick Chubb, Jameer Gibbs, Travis Atien, okay, we don't need we don't need Swift this week. I mean, no. realistically. So this is just another uh, egg in our basket that, that is going to play out down the road. And, and, man, it couldn't have worked. Like I said, it's, it's, it's rolling pretty hard for us right now. So that's good. Well, he wasn't on a pitch count last night. No, he was not. He was not on a pitch count. Might have been on a stamp cup, wasn't on a pick. It was impressive. It was impressive performance, no doubt. Hopefully, Nick Sirianni opens his eyes and like, hey, this is your horse, right? Ride this guy. Let's go. I want to get. I want to get back to the Swift conversation in a little bit. Before we do, I think one of the 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 side effects of you guys going with with the the heavy running backs, you know, in the first four rounds, eschewing that second receiver for three That's more running backs, word, it ended up being um, that Drake London was your second wide receiver that you drafted this time in the fifth round. Um, I, I just, Barney, I want to know what you think happened to Drake London and how concerned are you about London going up against that Green Bay secondary this week? Well, listen, I'm very concerned. I mean, you got Jair Alexander, who's a shutdown corner, right? I mean, he's, he's going to shut him down. It's, it's, it's one of the things. You draft the, we, we drafted the player, not the situation. And it was, and it was a bad, it was a kind of a, a bonehead move on our part. After you know, you're in the draft. You got 60 seconds. We're you know, of course, he, he's a, he's an absolute talent, right? And what saved our butt is getting Brandon Ayuk on the wrap. And I'm like, okay, cool, great. But it, it is, and everybody who drafted London, you're you're drafting him because look, what is he six five two two thirty? I mean, the guy's an animal. But man, look at the situation. Who runs the ball more than Atlanta? You got two horses back there. I mean, Algiers not going away. Why wouldn't you just Arthur Smith? It, he 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 might be the devil for fantasy football guys, right? <laughs> and that, that's a fact. He don't give a shit about your fantasy football team or you. I mean, we're going nice to run guys right And it's hey fact. guys, I had a birthday this week, and a good friend of mine uh, sent me this card. Can you see that? And uh, I yeah. thought this was. I thought that was a clip of the Falcons rushing attack. It might be. Oh, yeah. It might be. Right out of the 50s, baby. They're, uh, it, it, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting year down there. But, you know, London will do his thing. But, my goodness, it, uh, that's, a team, yeah, that, that, that's a team that's married to running the ball. Let's just put 100%. it that. Kyle Pitts runs into the same situation. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. I know we, we're going to talk about tight ends later, but. That's the only tight end that we took early in the draft. And we never take tight ends early. And we didn't even want to do it then. He's like, we got to take him. Oh, no, we don't. Oh. We got him in the fifth round in one of our other main events. Oh. We thought that was too much value to let him go by. But that's kind of scary. It's going to be a running team the whole season. And why not? Um, let's get back to the Swift conversation. So I, I don't blame you guys at all one bit for sitting him against the Vikings last night. Mostly because I did the same thing. Um, but, <laughs> but, but 
Like, I think you can make the case, like, we didn't know. Like, there's no – very DeAndre Swift probably didn't even predict he was going to have that type of a game. No. Um, so I think the, the, the attitude to have, and I, you guys definitely have the right attitude, of, like, looking at this as a positive. Hey, we, we still have three great running backs in front of them. It's not like we're losing Swift this week. He's still going to be on our, on our team, and we can deploy him when we need him going forward. But what's going to happen going forward? You know, I, I think that once Gainwell gets healthy – um, then, you know, we're back to where we started at. Like, where where are we at on this Eagles backfield? And, and Ski, I think when you look at it, Swift definitely um, stated his case of why he should be the lead guy in this backfield. But is Nick Sirianni going to see it the same way? That's the question we're going to have to answer when everybody's healthy in, in Philly's uh, running back room. Well, they lost Boston Scott yesterday, too. I mean, that's another one of his favorites that he put in. And uh... – they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You saw the game yesterday. Jalen Hurts for like two games in a row, the early part of the second game, he didn't look like he was there. We're going to turn around and we're just going to hand the ball off. I think that one drive where they first scored, there wasn't even a pass in that. Why would you when, 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 he's, when he's just dominating? I mean, in all aspects of the game. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't fix what's not broken. You know what I mean? And the one thing that would kind of upset you about Swift, as he gets the ball on two different drives and gets the ball to the one-yard line, and they, they rush Jalen Hurts in for the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts not mm-hmm. watch when Mahomes had his knee go 90 degrees the one year for doing the sneaks. You got a hospital. Reward the guy. Let him run the ball in. Without so those two touchdowns for Hurts, it would have been a very sorrowful night for for yeah, 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 I think when you begin to look at where some of the firepower and some of the upbeat aspects of the Eagles team, you you begin to look at what's going on over in Indianapolis, and and you know that's they've lost an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, so you you expect that team to look a little different. Balky, you are. Mr. FFPC, there's a tight end question that I think you need to ask these guys, and yeah. you know, you're perfect for it. So, so this is good for you guys because historically you do wait on tight ends in the FFPC, and you did it again in this draft. You, I believe, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the board right now. I believe you guys were the last team to draft a tight end, and you took one in the 12th round, in the 14th round, and then you hit it one more time in the 18th round. Musgrave, Hunter Henry. And Kate Otten. And I got to tell you, you're going to wait on tight end. Drafting three of them is probably a smart idea in the FFPC. I, I think this is shaping up nicely for you guys. I love Musgrave got, coming into the season. Hunter Henry obviously showed out last week, too. Um, I, I feel like, um, Ski, you, you got to be feeling pretty good about your tight end situation, even though you didn't take one until the 12th round. Yeah, we were all over Musgrave. Of course, you're a Packers fan, too, but. He was one of the most talented tight ends to come out of the draft. And he just happened to go to a, a team that throws to the tight ends a lot. So, yeah, we liked him. You know, we start panicking when we get later in the round, in the draft. Yeah, we don't have a tight end. We don't have a tight end. He was there. And Hunter Henry might be one of the best receivers on New England. Number one number one target, He's right? Could be, yeah. Yep. Just was the, uh, the rumor, you know, they're spreading him out. And they're going to get him the ball a lot. It's the Hunter Henry show there. <laughs> Hunter Henry did drop a pass, much unlike him in that last drive. But he was on a that, pitch count, Farrell. He was on a pitch count. He was on a catch count. He couldn't That's catch. Right. That's right. Okay. Let's let's let's, right. let's, right. let's stop that conversation right now. Okay? Yeah, he, he was on a catch count. You know, he couldn't get that last one was just too hot. He just put that on the ground. A, a receiver that you guys did not see put the ball on the ground this week, and and I, 
I want Balky and I to to take credit for this because no one listened to us. And I thought initially he would take Skoranek's job away from him. And he did, although uh, the necessity for his deployment in the passing attack for the Rams is, is brought on with the, the injury to Cup. And that's Puka Nakua. And you, you, you described uh, London as a beast. Uh, it's fantastic catch radius. That's what that player brings to it. But I, I love Nakua's physicality. He's six foot one, about 215 pounds. He runs very, very precise right, uh, routes, great hands. He's banged up a little bit. I would like to play him against the 49ers. I'd like to know what round you guys got him in because you, you took a bullet on London. And you may end up regretting that. But I think Nakua is is a full-year player and a big contributor uh, in a Rams offense that everyone, uh, all those pundits that Balky doesn't like talking about pitch counts, they all rode off the Rams. And the Rams showed up on the road and beat the hell out of the Seahawks and looked like uh, they've got something going on. Your thoughts on Nakua? Do you trust him, if healthy, this weekend? Do you trust him to get in your lineup? And do you like him uh, as much as I do? We uh, every we have three FPC, which is the first time we've ever done that, and eight main, main events. There's only one of those teams that we didn't take Puka Nakua in. Listen, Fantastic. And you took him because you heard it on Balky and I talking about him on this show, right? It was because of you, Farrell, of course, 100%. But listen – no, he, he's a he's a Cooper Cup clone, right? Look at 6'1", 220. What 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 Cooper 6'2", 195. They do the same thing. You know how how Stafford peppered Nakua. Listen, no cup, all Nakua. There's shirts being made. Get one, donate it. Let's go. This guy is electric. He's gonna be there. Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson are deep ball guys. I appreciate you bringing us to Atwell Stephen, because as much as I want to brag about, well, as, as much as I want to brag about Nakua, I sit here and watch Tutu Atwell play wide receiver at the University of Louisville for two years, and I convinced myself that he would never play in the NFL. And I now I see what a team has done, investing in him, putting him on a practice squad, bringing him along. Did you guys go into the waiver wire and uh, pick up Atwell this week? We did not. No. Okay. no I think he would have been a perfect compliment there, but you know, you guys can't do everything right. You got to give the other guys a chance. You guys got to give the other guys a chance a little bit. And I mean, y'all were watching, you guys were watching Swift run and you were drinking hard and getting some liquid courage well, about got, coming on the show. Swift. The I can understand. We were heavy into the beer by then. This yeah. is not even, okay. We don't think this was even our best team that we drafted. It's just that it can't be perfect. You got to give those guys. You got to give those guys up in Buffalo a chance to win it for the third year in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're coming for you, baby. No, no, those guys. Yeah, unbelievable. We got the we got the king of the crop right there, man. We got to knock them off that hill. There's three of them. There so we, we're two big guys, though. I think we could take them. You know, yeah. what I mean? they, they don't even know what to spend that money on in Buffalo. I mean, how many yeah, yeah, right. hey, jumping through tables. They better buy some more tables, baby. We're coming. Okay, we'll jump <laughs> through one if we win it. All right. Nakua has an oblique this week, and so he's kind of iffy. But you know, those guys take their shirts off, and there's not an ounce of fat on those guys. How do they? How do they get hurt? Barney and I, our shape is round, <laughs> but you will never hear of Barney and I having an abductor or an oblique injury. These guys are built. Like uh, DK Metcalf takes his shirt off. 
there's that ounce of fat on them. How do these guys get hurt? How does this stomach yeah. muscle get hurt? Well, this bone, dude. We got the, no, we got the, the, the guy hitting. We got the booty. We're good. The, the guys that are hitting them are, are built the same way. So but come on. Come on. You're starting Nakua. Ain't nobody scared. Of, uh, look, listen. You're not going to run against You're not going to run against the 49ers. You can. If, not going to run against If Stafford has time, he's hitting Nakua. He's hitting Tutu the same way. If you have to start Nakua, you're starting with confidence, right? I mean, Here come on. Go. With confidence, Bonky. With confidence, Nakua, baby. Let's go. Nakua is running the same routes that Cooper Cup was running. Same guy. Yes. So if, Cooper, if Cooper Cup was in the game, would you set Cooper Cup against There you go. Absolutely no. not. No. No. I, there you go. Start, start yeah. Cooper. Like, I, I I probably have him on 20% of my teams, maybe, and, and he's mostly going to be starting, like, in, in almost all those leagues, if not all of them. I haven't looked at every single one yet. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that um, when push comes to su- a shove, you're probably playing uh, Nakua this week uh, because of the cup injury. Now, because of the Greg Dulcich injury, I know you guys picked up Adam Troutman uh, this week on this 15th place uh, main event team. What kind of production are you expecting from Troutman while Dulcich is out, which could be a multi-week thing? And, and by the way, I'll, I'll throw Sean that. Payton guy. That's all there. That's all there needs to say. He's a Sean Payton guy, and we know Sean Payton's a pretty decent. He, he's good at football, right? He, he's a good coach, right? <laughs> I mean, he brought him over. He he was already going to steal. Everybody's on the Dulcich train. Hey, I was too early, and then you go, mm-hmm. uh oh. What's what's is what's twenty six years old with six five six six? You you like you like Troutman right. and and where's the wet? Well, Judy coming back, but you you like Troutman? Come on, I love Troutman. We 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 got him in a lot of places. You, you got to trust that Sean Payton's going to get that ball in that guy's hands in the end zone. Red zone guy at least, you know. Hey guys, where did Troutman go to college? <laughs> oh boy, my, I'm oh, darn. see, I, I, I wanted to get the. I wanted to get the Pittsburgh guys to have to say University of Dayton just to talk about Ohio. But I, yeah. I anyway, we move on. Um, well, you guys have already messed up the Swift situation, and you're already playing, <laughs> you're already playing an injured rookie. And uh, I, I will tell you this. Uh, I, love the, I love the partnership between you guys. How many years has it been? Oh, man. Well, we got, Here we go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We got a book. You know, 2008 Wyckoff. Wow! Yeah, if you look in the hey, so if you look in the back, they tape ten dollars to the inside of that on the back cover. <laughs> well, I think we were, little, we were due a little more money than ten, but it's yeah, okay. I, I heard I heard something about that. <laughs> what happened was, yeah, if yours is not there, I'll put a ten dollar bill in the mail to you. But yeah, cool. um, okay, you know, I have a partnership in the FFPC main event with my good friend Trevor Holt from down here in Louisville, Kentucky. And Trevor handled the last few rounds of the draft for us. Not only did he take Puka, he took Kyron Williams, who's another fantastic player to talk about. Great pick. Great Great. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, you know, we've got a 19th and a 20th round pick to try to figure, did those guys go in the lineup against these great 49er defense? But what's your toughest decision this week, considering, you know, Swift, yeah, we'll give you a pass on that. And uh, you know, what are you gonna do with London? What's your toughest decision? We're we're sitting in London. I I think our biggest, and I don't think it's really big at all. This team's pretty loaded, and we have the same situation in a couple other ones. Starting Puka. It's Puka because our team's pretty loaded. You put them in there and with somebody that's more experienced, they are playing the 49ers. 
Yeah. yeah, I put on here Jamar Jameer Gibbs or Puka. That's no, no, Gibbs is starting. We're not even. We're not even. It's Gibbs yeah. over. We're not even doing it. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Not even doing it. it. It might be the Musgrave Hunter Henry thing. You know, do we start them both? Oh, that now that's tough. That's you know? tough. We I know mean, what Balky would do. Uh, hey, you're going Musgrave for sure. I mean, a great matchup, dude. He what he get like set. Ran seventy nine percent of the he of the plays. He could have had a couple touchdowns. You're starting Luke Musgrave for sure. I'm not scared about that. I mean, you put Henry in there. That's that's the question, you know. But no, we're sticking. It's we're sticking with just with so, our guns, just so you guys know. We don't have Puka in the starting lineup on this team. Mm, at the right. Point. Yeah. Well, you 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 know you you better you better keep talking. That's all I can say. <laughs> Um, speaking of talking, Jimmy Williams is talking in the YouTube chat. Farrell kind of alluded to this, guys. Um, he wants to know what you think about San Francisco's defense and kind of what happened between Kyron Williams and Cam Akers last week. Ski, I'll throw this one to you. Um, your thoughts on on sort of the Rams' backfield going forward now? Well, we drafted Cam Akers. But the teams that we did go wide receiver, Henry, are heavy. We had Cam Akers and a few of those, and that's kind of frightening. Kyron Williams, is he, he looks pretty uh, – he looks more than like a second-year running back. And he is from the University of Notre Dame, by the way. And it's uh, <laughs> oh, we have a guy with kids. We got, we got the guy. He's on a kid count right now. We got the little guy. We're on a pitch count. We're on a kid count. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, guys, after you win that million dollars, you can hire a nanny for when you have these, these appearances, you know, the media appearances. You can hire a nanny. A handsome guy. devil. Look yeah. at that guy. Look at that handsome devil. Oh, yeah. Say go Bears. <laughs> even yeah, he can't. And Barney, even he can't after last week. No, no, no. Can't, can't, yeah. That's tough. It's tough. Um, okay. So, well, okay. Let me. All right. I think I want to skip to this. Let's get. I got a couple of emails here. And, and Barney, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch the fun. first one to you. Um, Roger in Cambridge, Mass. Was it just one bad game for the Bears? Or is this what I should expect from them this season? Um, it wasn't great for Chicago, but there's still a little, lot of talent there, man. No, we're, we're worried. I mean, you got to be worried, right? I mean, they didn't do a, a whole lot right. Their defense, their defense is, is man, it's atrocious. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able to stop somebody. They didn't do anything right. I don't think, I don't think they're using Justin Fields right. Um, you know, yeah, so – uh, you got to be concerned, especially with how well the Packers played. Um, go ahead, Farrell. Well, you do have hope in Chicago. I think it, it centers around Roshan Johnson. I'll just say that. I thought that was I, – I got a good feel for how he looked. It's all awesome. Yeah, and it was One, DJ, all DJ Moore owners are a little bit in the panic mode right. too. Yeah, I, totally, and, and they should be. Um, First week's the lion week, guys. It Steve. is. You can't, you can't panic too much. It's just one week. Right. Um, Ski, uh, let, me, let me throw this one to you. <laughs> let me throw this one to you. Phil in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, how nervous should I be about Geno Smith this week, given that he's missing his starting two tackles this Sunday? Thanks. That's Phil in Rockford, Illinois. I am ashamed to say this, but I actually benched Geno. All right. I uh, beg your pardon. I benched Kirk Cousins in favor of Geno Smith in probably like two or three leagues. Not my finest moment last night. Um, and now I find out that uh, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross both going to be missing the game uh, for the Seahawks this week. Uh, Ski, th this is significant, right? I mean, we, we should be concerned about a quarterback missing both of his tackles, right? Right. For any team, they've used two starting tackles throughout here in Temple. 
probably going to affect the running game with Kenneth Walker. Um, if he has any chance, he's going to have to get the ball out fast and get it out to those wide receivers. And yeah, that's it's not a good. Option. And they're in Detroit. You know, it's it's right. It'd be different if they're in 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 Seattle. You know, they play a bit, little better at home and second half team, right? We're, I mean. I'm from Alaska. All the all the Seattle Seahawks fans in Alaska pour me down every 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 week. But man, you know it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, sled. I, yeah, it, I, yeah. I think you might start them though if you have to. I mean, you know, still enough weapons, right? I mean, three stud receivers uh, and Jake Bobo. Jake Bobo. I I think the other thing too is. Um, you know, like I almost have to start him at this point because I don't want to go dumpster diving for guys like Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield off the waiver wire and, oh my and start goodness. them over Smith. I'm still going to go with them. Aiden Hutchinson is licking his chops right now. His Lions are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in Detroit against the 0-1 Seattle Seahawks. That is a 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Farrell, I think it's time for our final question for Ski and the Barn Dog. Well, it is, it's great to have this question for you guys because it is a uh... – it is a futures question until the season starts. And then when the season starts, it becomes a real question. Who would not have any shot of being in your lineup, rostered or not rostered, any player that you just don't believe will deliver this week? And then who is the sleeper? Who is week two's Puka and Tutu and that type of player? Could it be Roshan Johnson from Chicago? Could it be, you know, Balky brought up Hunter Renfro, which who could have a great fantasy game? I, uh, I, I almost started Kirk Cousins over Hertz last night and wished I had. So mm. tell me something. You go deep down into that wisdom and give us an answer for those two situations. Well, I, I, I had like 10 guys on the list <laughs> not to start. <laughs> Antonio Gibson has got to be one on the teams that we drafted really high on wide receivers. We were looking at running backs that we thought Eric Bieniemy is going to throw the ball all over the place to Gibson. He had like one carry, maybe one, one throw at him last game. Welcome and and that was bad. And then I put uh, I put Cam Akers too. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be in our lineup anywhere. Who's your sleeper? There's your answer to that prior question, Balky. Yeah. Yeah, so Akers – Against the Niners, not going to be good. I can't imagine that he's going to be good. And then Antonio Gibson, too. Uh, you know, Brian Robinson looked really good last week. They go to Denver this week. Easily no, see. No, start Brian Robinson. He's my bust this week. I mean, Denver's Brian Robinson is. Number three against the run. Uh, you don't start him at Denver. No way. And, hey, Calvin Austin the third. Get him. Put him on your team. Ride that little guy because, my God, when he had six six receptions. I mean, six receptions and going to play the slot. Everybody's on the Allen Robinson train, but what is he, 50, 50 years old? I mean, the guy, the guy, <laughs> I mean, come on. Calvin Austin, the third, I'm get sure. him now. He's got the same. Thank, thank me in week six, baby, and ride ride that horse. Let's go. Yeah. Allen Robinson has the same color hair as Farrell now, doesn't he? He might. No, no, no. My sleeper, my sleeper and Farrell is not going to agree with me because we don't know what's going to happen in Kansas City. Do they need a stud wide receiver once he gets Kels back? No, I'm going Rasheed exactly Rice. Exactly right. They don't. We drafted Rasheed Rice ever. And there's another guy. He's not really a sleeper, but there's another uh, Shahid in New Orleans. He's, mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd call him a sleeper, but that guy's a speed burner. And it looks we like, we like him in tremendous speed. I, I, 
I, I think that's and and uh, and Barney, you said bench Brian Robinson, start Calvin Austin, right? Or at least pick up Calvin Austin. Right? Yeah, I mean, you got to have. I don't know if you. Hey, he he's right there on the cusp, but he's my sleeper. Uh, you got to you got to you got to roster him. I mean, we put we put a bunch of he's on a couple of our teams, but you got to get him. If you don't get him now, you know, like I said, by week week four, he's he's not going to be available, and he's going to be putting you know, eight, 10 targets on the board weekly for, for Pickett, who's struggling week one, but I'm not scared. I mean, that, that team's, it's week one. It's week one. But, yeah, he's he's my sleeper probably for the year. So There's another wide receiver that we drafted on every team, and if he kind of starts meshing with Anthony Richardson. Is oh, Josh, Josh Downs. Downs. Yeah. Josh Downs. Downs. Big Josh Downs yeah, big Josh yeah. Downs, guys. We drafted a ton of rookie wide receivers towards the bottom. We got Hyatt from the Jay Giants. Reed, Downs, Jane and Puka Reed, were our big three we had to have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Reed's looking really good too. Uh, especially I think Watson gives it a go this week, but regardless, Reed looks like he's uh he's already um in midseason form in his rookie year in Green Bay. Yeah, he looks um good. it is just week one, as we have said uh numerous times during this interview. But week one or not, these two guys are sitting in 15th place in the FFPC main event as they chase that one million dollar grand prize. Barney Newkirk, John Laskowski, always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks, Thank you yeah, so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Love being on. Congratulations on the success so far. Go ahead and bring home that million-dollar check, guys. That's the goal. Two of them. <laughs> Two of them. Two of them, yeah. Fantasy Pros and the main event. You guys can have a million each. It'll be great. Oh, and by the way, I'll just leave you with this. If anybody takes anything away from this interview tonight, I think the thing that you need to understand is that it is never pitch count. It is always snap count, okay? Get that through, our, through your minds, and, and it will be a successful – Friday night for you. Gentlemen, be good. Enjoy Idaho. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right. See you, fellas. We'll see you. John Laskowski and Barney Newkirk uh, hanging out with us tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football, our 15th place in the FFPC main event. A lot of good stuff uh, from those guys, as I knew it would be. I mean, they've been on before. They're mm-hmm. always good. I did not expect the the uh, cameo from from Barney's kid coming on, but that was always good. To, to I'm not uh, sure that was Barney's kid. Oh, maybe it wasn't well, Barney's kid. I don't kid know. passing through. It wasn't. Right? <laughs> You know, oh, and, and those guys were great. I mean, the, the you know Hudson Kern Reeve, he's he's all over the place tonight, and and now he's he's first put that his girlfriend put him on waivers, which means that he could be in Vegas. Like, did you see that ball? Yeah, game? I did. Yeah, and then he re, he corrected it, but you know you need to be thorough, Hudson. And then if you had been thorough, you would have never had to go. We will probably marry. See, the word probably doesn't belong there. I mean, what does that mean, Bucky? The more he types. Well, she does have to say yes, Farrell. Like, that's the thing. Like, he can ask, but she's still got to say yes. Yeah, probably probably marry. I just know that's, (laughs) you know, I. Hudson Kern Reeve, wedding bells aside. Let let us go into uh, uh, tonight's fantasy feedback. Basically, starts or sits uh, for all the okay. questions that we've had. We've had a few of them tonight in the chat room, and we thank you for it. Um, let's go to Norcross, Georgia. Hey, guys, which is the right Williams to go with this week, Jamal or Javante? So Jamal Williams is at Carolina this week. Again, no Alvin Kamara. Kendra Miller, I believe, was a limited participant in practice today, so he could get out there and make his NFL debut against the Carolina Panthers. Javante Williams is at home against the Commanders. I am, I, you know, we were talking about this last week in, in Las Vegas, and, and I think our, our buddy uh, Jake Venuti said, um, 
I can't believe all these running backs that had all this volume and did nothing with it. And he did mention Jamal Williams in there. And usually I bet on volume. Um, but I am going to go with talent here, Farrell. It's close. I think I'm going to go with Javante Williams against the Commanders over Jamal Williams on the road against Carolina. Yeah, this is a real easy question. And and again, Balky, I want to take us and, and give us the proverbial gold star because when everyone was scared of Javante Williams, we said he is healing perfectly right. and he is he's going to be fine. And, you know, none other than the uh, the, the great drafter uh, from Texas, Dave Hubbard, came up to me and, and said, man, I, I sure hope you're right about Williams because I got a lot of right. I got a lot of Williams and uh, you should have a lot of Williams. You, you can be encouraged by the fact I think it was 13 carries. It will be more. I think that team's going to get better. And, and we know what that coach does with the running back. So that's that's not even that's not even a one you think about. That's an automatic click and go. Click and go indeed. Now, this one's a little bit tougher, and this is a decision that our guests tonight we're, we're going to have to make, but they're actually benching both of these guys uh, this week Pat, because their team's so loaded. Why yeah. not? Pat, Patrick in Lansing, Michigan uh, asks, is it too reactionary to sit Drake London in favor of Puka Nakua in week two? Now, Drake London obviously taking on the Packers at home. Puka Nakua actually is facing the San Francisco 49ers at home as well. This is close, and and I think um, uh, for me, given all the volume that Nakua saw last week, I was saying this. I, I my local fantasy football show here that I do in Northeast Wisconsin. I had a guy who was saying like, you know, I do not believe in Puka Nakua. That that is not a guy I want to you know hitch my waiver wagon to. And I said, okay, well I get that, but at the same time, volume like he saw in Week One, he had the second most targets of anyone in the NFL in Week One, which means he's second in the NFL in targets on the season. Um, that just doesn't go away in a flash. Like maybe it dissipates eventually, but he's still in for a lot of targets this week. We found out he's probably, he's listed as questionable, but he's going to play. Yeah. I'm going to bench London and play Nakua. He was successful with the targets. And as the number one targeted Ram receiver, there's going to be some adjustments made by, by the Niners. And he might not have the same kind of success that he had in week one, but we're in a situation here where he might be targeted damn near as much as Atlanta would throw the ball. Um, Atlanta's got a different script of how they want to play. Now they have the Packers. Am I right? Yes, Atlanta okay. does. Yeah. Now do you suspect that Atlanta will have continued success running the ball against the Packers? Uh, well, this will be the first big test uh, for, for the Packers' rush defense, but it's not been good in recent years. I don't know if either Robinson or um, um, Algier get over 100 yards themselves, mm-hmm. but I bet they combine for 130, 140 rushing yards. So if they're going to be successful like that, then that answers your question right, right there. And, then, and now John Terry is in the chat room saying, not sure how anyone can play London until something changes. Well, we knew what Atlanta was going to try to do, and uh, I don't think John Terry must have drafted London. I know I, I don't have him on any team. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a wonderful player. Uh, would know, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's in the wrong band right now. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, tight ends. Let's talk about them. Uh, okay. This is a question from um, Jim in Pensacola. Yeah. Jim in Pensacola, Florida. What's up guys. I only have one slot available this week for either Jake Ferguson or Cole Komet, which is the correct fantasy pro start. That is Jim in Pensacola, Florida. Jim, thank you for the email. So Jake Ferguson this week is at home against the Jets. Cole Komet goes down to uh, Central Florida 
to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It, this is a tough question to answer because we didn't get to see the real Dallas offense on Sunday night because the Giants thought the game was scheduled for Monday night or mm-hmm. Tuesday night or something, and they failed to show up for it. So I don't really you know, have a good answer here. I, I guess I'd lean towards Komet because – you know, he, I think he saw like seven targets against the Packers, and he was one of those guys that that actually looked all right. There's the unknown with Ferguson. Obviously, if Brandon Cooks doesn't play, he enters the fray as, as maybe a reliable touchdown guy um, or a reliable red zone guy. So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with Komet, but you ask me tomorrow, I might say Ferguson. I, can you provide some clarity on this, Farrell? I watched the films of the game, and I kept having to remind myself how badly it was raining because Ferguson had a hard time hanging on to the ball. I think this team, the Dallas Cowboys, made a mistake by not signing Dalton Schultz, and I think both their tight ends that they have on the field, uh, the, other, the other kid from, uh, from Indiana, uh, are, are challenged to be contributing NFL tight ends. And Cole Komet, who you know, situation dependent, I've never been a fan of, but who – begrudgingly I have to give the tip of the cap for having a good end of the season last year. And that's the player I'm going to go with. And now I must announce that I have rostered Cole Komet because mm-hmm. oddly enough, in one of my leagues, he was a free agent. And I don't really know how that happened, but I was glad to welcome him on the roster. Uh, good for you. Congratulations on, on that Cole Komet share. I uh, um, will wrap things up with our emails tonight, Farrell, with a quarterback question coming straight out of Whitestone, New York. Uh, Brock Purdy over Deshaun Watson this week. What do you think? Keep up the fantastic work. That's Ed in Whitestown, New York. I listen. I screamed to the heavens about Brock Purdy. Um, the, you know, most of the drafting season uh, when he was coming on, and and he was. Now you could make the case that he was on a pitch count <laughs> because he's actually pitching the football for. But, but I still don't. I still don't think it holds water. I still think you have to say a snapshot. But when I found out he was, you know. Um, Ahead of schedule, everything was going good. All you know, same thing with Javante Williams, right? Everything we heard was very positive about Brock Purdy. I'm like, why is this guy going in the 18th round and the 19th round as like the 21st or 22nd quarterback off the board? That should not happen. I have a ton of Brock Purdy this year. Um, I have a little bit of Deshaun Watson, who is at Pittsburgh this week. Purdy is at the Rams. That defense is terrible. Man, give me Purdy all day over Deshaun Watson. I think that's the case here, and it it. it uh... We're dealing with a situation where both of these quarterbacks, compared to the uh, to some of the guys that are going to throw the ball in in the mid thirties, uh, that will have lesser attempts. So Purdy has the better chance to be successful with the players that are around him. You know, you you complete a, a little a little drop pass, a little, a little screen pass to McCaffrey, and, and the next thing you know, he runs 50 yards with it. Uh, the same thing with Ayuk, who is playing with an intensity. Samuel, the tight end, will probably get more involved. Everything there points to great success uh, for Purdy, and I think that success is between the 20s and in the red zone. Um, Cleveland uh, in a grudge game. Uh, against a Pittsburgh team that was overwhelmed by the 49ers. Looks like they'll probably step up and play a different game this week. So, yeah, Purdy it is. Purdy it is. Uh, Chris Lude obviously agreeing with us uh, tonight. Uh, Kern is saying the same thing. Right, Balky. God, something my wife has never – I've never heard her say that. Oh, Balky. Yeah, she never – she doesn't call me Balky. <laughs> she's like, Eric, that's wrong. I hear that a lot, which is fine. She's she's the smart one. In the Do family. you have any other pet names for you? 
Um, let's see. None that are suitable for YouTube. So I'll, yeah. I'll have to keep yeah. that between me and, and her. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah. I have a couple of beers on next week's show. You never know what I might say. Yeah, I might have to buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> buy the book. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Farrell Elliott, KFFSC.com, at J. Farrell Elliott on X. Uh, so good to have you back here on the airwaves. So lo- so lucky to be back on the airwaves after we basically hadn't been on for three weeks. So it seems like a long back. time. And it does. Like I missed you, Bucky. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's not take next week off. Let's do it again at 10 o'clock okay. next Friday. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Farrell Elliott joining me here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. That will complete tonight's program. I want to thank John Laskowski, Barney Newkirk, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, uh, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. <laughs> got Hudson Kern-Rivas trying to guess some of the pet names that my wife has for me. No, it's never been sugar. No, it's never been hottie. Definitely not hottie with the beard. And then it's never been Firestarter. That's, that's I don't even know if she ever called me Firestarter. I'd be convinced she's having an affair. It just, there's no other way around it. That'd be so odd to hear that. Uh, what's not odd is we are back weekly, Friday nights, 10 o'clock. No Fridays off, uh, so we will be back next Friday. In case you missed it, you can actually watch the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown this week. We had 15-time FFPC League champion Jeff Howell on. Uh, that was actually Wednesday this week because my flight got in late on Tuesday. But normally the High Stakes Lowdown will air Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. right here on the FFPC social channels. You can also check out last night's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network on any of the Better Sports social channels as well as the FFPC social channels with yours truly. And then uh, Sports Kita's Fighting Chance Fantasies, Fantasy Points, and the Fantasy Football Hustles, Brian Drake. Talk about a guy who works a ton. Uh, he was on with me last night. Fun two hours with that dude. Uh, you can go back and watch that uh, at your uh, convenience on the interwebs. And then this coming Thursday, we'll be live again at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Don't forget about the FFPC Weekly Challenge. Just go to myffpc.com to play. No draft, no salary cap. Choose 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Buy Sunday's kickoff, and then you can just watch them ride through the weekend's games. Remember, only one player per NFL team, just like the FFPC Playoff Challenge uh, setup. That is what the weekly challenge does at myffpc.com. $35 or $200 to enter. Win up to $2,500. Myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified every time we go live, which will be, again, Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern time, Tuesday night. And we'll get you set for uh, – we'll discuss the fallout with week two and then uh, get you set for week three on that show. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Really appreciate it. Downloading, streaming, listening, uh, whatever you're doing consuming this content. Can't thank you enough. Uh, That is all. Your weekend officially starts right now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. All right, so one of the things I'm going to put the kibosh on right now um, is is the uh, the pet names that my wife might be calling me because it's really creeping me out. That I, I really don't want to... <laughs> John Terry... I don't even know if I should say this. Um, no, my wife has never called me moist beard. And if that's not a perfect way to end tonight's broadcast, 
I don't know what is. Um, thanks for watching, everybody. Hopefully, we'll be back next week, and I still have a wife. <laughs> Good luck in week three, everybody. <laughs>